Hello and welcome to Energy Extra Time for more engaged, unfiltered and sometimes analytical football debate from Scotland and the wider world of the beautiful game. There's been a full slate of Premiership fixtures this midweek, midweek as well as shock results down south and big clashes on the continent. I'm Sean McGill and here to get, get me through it, first of all, is my usual co-host, the man with the best cardigans in South Edinburgh, Cameron Wanstall. How are you? I don't have cardigans. What Jumpers. are they then? Jumpers. They're like... I don't know. Cardigans are the things you button up. They're, they're like fluffy cardigan. though. They're fluffy jumpers. Aye. They're nice and warm ones. You know, those halfway through my lecture, I changed because it was freezing cold. I noticed you changed mid-lecture. Yeah. I quite I like the nice pink, pink top. I don't know top on. Mm. Yeah. Cameron wants to do the Spice Boy look. I never thought I'd see it, but I did. Christ, I get called everything. I get yeah, you're Spice Boy and then you're granddad in the space of one lecture. It was quite impressive. Aye. I know. I've, I can change. I can change. It's, mm. a, it's a gift. Get you a man who can do both. Uh, next up, if he appears on the show one more time, we're going to have to put his name in our Twitter bio. We just can't get rid of you, Graham Sinclair. Part of the furniture, Sean. That's what I am. And I'm hope you, I hope you're happy about it. I, w- I wanted to give people the, an opportunity to be on the podcast yeah. other than me, but it's just too much fun being on here. I have the time of my life. I'm glad to hear it. And finally, only the bravest of men would put themselves on this podcast when both of their teams have lost on the same day. So, Strun Garvey, I salute you. Oh, thanks so much. How are you feeling? You can put me in the Twitter bio as well if you want. <laughs> yeah, just for, your, just for your bravery, I might, because this podcast, we like to give each other a hard time on it, and both your teams are absolute embarrassments, so we're going to have probably have fun with that today. And you putting yourself in the firing line is something to be commended. I would say so. I would say so too. Uh, we like to stoke the flames of good debate on this podcast, so we'll get the show underweight with Big Shout, where we offer our big takeaways and bold claims from the week of football. Graham, I'm not going to throw any foreign languages at you this week. I'm just going to ask you, what's your big shout? I think you, had, you thought I might be going the big shout in relation to the guest of this game, but I've changed my mind on that one. Okay. So, my big shout is that diving isn't a problem in football. Diving isn't a problem in football? Uh, it's not, that's not to, so when I say that, that's not to say that diving doesn't happen. That's to say that although diving happens, people shouldn't be getting up in arms about people diving. I think it's part of the game, and I don't have a problem with it. You don't have a problem with it? I don't have a problem with diving. I think it's part of the game. You, so you say that now, but I'm going to paint you a scenario. Scott, okay. Scottish Cup final. Old Firm. I don't know. Odson Edward is He's done it charging before. in the ball. <laughs> I knew that was going to come from Cameron. <laughs> Odson Edward goes down in the box, he jumps over the foot of Conor Goldson, no contact has been made, but Willie Collum, obviously, because um, he's refereed every Scottish Cup final ever, I think, um, awards a penalty. You're fine with that? No, I'm not fine with it. But I'm not fine, I'm not angry at Odson Edward, I'm angry at Willie Collum for being conned by the player. I think referees should know when a player has dived. And it should be aware that it's not a penalty. Austin Edward, I'll take, I'll take a different scenario. What if Austin Edward got kicked in that ankle? So what if Edward kicked Goldson in the ankle in the, bo- in the box and Goldson doesn't go down? That's a clear penalty, but if he goes down, it's a penalty. I feel like, I feel like it's become a thing where people aren't going down. I think you've shown enough evidence that people don't go down when they have minimal contact or any contact that referees don't give penalties that often. And so, I think that going down is something that is important 
to teams to, as a strategy because that's the only way they're going to get decisions sometimes because that's what referees are looking for. They're looking for a player to go down on the ground. I can't lie. I'm a big fan of players winning penalties, if you mm. know what I mean. Like, uh, I enjoy that a lot. I think I remember there was a bit of debate around, you know, the Celtic Aberdeen game earlier this season at Bittodre, the 3-0, and Lewis Ferguson goes down... Yeah, I just can't remember who's... Lewis Ferguson's a king of it. I think it's in Cham yeah, that yeah. failed him. Yeah, in Cham, that's who it was. Um, and I saw a lot of Celtic fans, some Celtic pals of mine, were really like, so, like, how can you go down like that? And he's like, well, he's got a right to go down, hasn't he? Like, he's under mm-hmm. challenge. And see, that's a di- see, that's a difference. Lewis Ferguson has won the foul, but he's made contact and went down. That is, in essence, a good dive. Right. And the referee, referee, it's a penalty, a soft penalty, but it's a penalty. What's the record in the scenario you use? They have no contact whatsoever, it's a bad dive and should be acknowledged by the referee. So my chagrin doesn't go towards Odds and Edward, it goes towards the referee. Cameron, as someone who's been uh, harmed by a particular Odds and Edward dive, do you feel the same? Um, oh, it's a really tricky one. There's so many ifs and buts. Um, I don't like it. I don't, I, I don't like the idea of a player diving at all. If he gets kicked, if he gets touched, even lightly... I, I don't mind that. I'd, I'd do that myself if I was playing football. I'd, I've done that before. I will go down if I get hit, basically. Aye, absolutely. I've won a f- I've done it before outside the box and got a penalty, right? I do not care. What I'm saying is that if you're diving when a player doesn't even touch you and it just looks like it, that is cheating. That is conning the referee. I don't like that at all. I don't think that's the referee's fault. You're conning him. I, I don't like that. So I, I would disagree if that's what you're saying, Graham. I, would, I, I wouldn't say I like diving. I might, have, I might have actually literally said it, but I don't actually like diving. I mm. just think actually there are times when players honestly need to go down. Right. Oh, the example I used, we had Liverpool, Brighton and Danny Welbeck, but kick gets kicked in the back of the yep. heel by Andy Robertson and goes down. And it was a penalty because Andy Robertson kicked yeah. the back of his heel. And then Chelsea played Leeds on the Monday Night Football and Ian Pavetta got kicked by one of the Chelsea defenders and didn't go down. And it wasn't even reviewed by VAR. Right. That's why I yeah. think diving... That's why I'm not concerned with diving because there's in, things aren't going to get picked up. Players don't make a big deal out of situations. I and like that. I said, if there's things in low contact, I'd expect a referee, especially... In the current age, I know Scotland didn't have VR, but other leagues have VR. That that would now be stamped out, and it's something that's avoidable. So for me, it's because of VR, it's become less of a problem, and it's something that actually needs to happen for penalties and other bad fouls to be given. Yeah, I get that. So even if it's just a light touch, if the player mm-hmm. goes down, that's totally fine. I'm with you there. I'm with you, but I'm only I'm only saying if a player just dives just over someone's foot, doesn't get touched at all. That still, for me, doesn't sit right at all. Diving is diving. You're calling the ref. It's cheating. That's my opinion. But I do agree with you. What, what you've said right there, I'm going off base. But what you've said right there, I, I do agree with you. I would still like to see if Rangers are upended by a really dodgy penalty at some point this season. How Graham feels about oh, it. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. When Hibs played Celtic in that game, that weird game at Celtic Park when Celtic had 13 players out, Turnbull went down and I called him a cheat and an instant. <laughs> <laughs> let's, not, let's not pretend when teams involved that I like and don't like, Kat, but I'm going to be irrational. But yeah, on, on a podcast like this, I'm, rash- I'm going to be rational and say what I think in a general sense. That's <laughs> it. I like it. Rational always. Uh, Struan, what's your big shout? Uh, so this isn't very good, to be, to be honest. Um, but I, I think if Celtic were to appoint Lampard, it would be a very bad decision. It's just sort of been in the news recently. Quite a few people have said that he should go to Celtic. I think Harry Redknapp, you know, Uncle Harry, has pointed out that it would be a very good job for them. But I, ju- I just don't think it would be the correct fit at all. Like, th- there is obviously the storyline of Lampard versus Gerrard which I think a lot of people would like but 
I just I just don't think it would work for him. I don't think Lampard would do a good job at all up here. But was were the same concerns not raised about Steven Gerrard? I mean, he had far less yeah. managerial experience than what Frank Lampard does at this current moment. He's gone to a massive club like Rangers and it's taken a little bit of time to sort of lay the foundations, but he's now on track to uh, win that league title. So people were quick to sort of judge the appointment of Steven Gerrard. Is that maybe the same case with, with Frank Lampard? Yeah, I think Gerrard's got a lot more experience around him. I think one of the weird things I think about Lampard's career is I think he came into management in the same season as Gerrard. He started at Derby and Gerrard went to Rangers and then he sort of got catapulted all the way up to Chelsea. And I think it just seems like the type of, type of guy to me who wouldn't almost want to step down. You know, he's touched, he's been at Chelsea, he's touched the stars there, he's not going to want to take a big step down type situation. And I just think he'd almost go in with the attitude of thinking the Scottish League's easy. Oh, Gerrard's done it, I, I can probably do it. But I, I don't think Celtic is an easy fix at the moment. You know, we, we've seen in Gerrard's time, it's been quite a long process for him to like build the team that he has. And I don't think there would necessarily be that same time given at, at Celtic at the moment. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I get that Gerrard has had more experience now, but if you look at when he got appointed, I mean, he'd spent, what, a season at, is it the under-18s at, at Liverpool? It wasn't sort of, but G, uh, Lampard's been sort of cutting his teeth in the best league in the world, some say. So, I don't know, Cameron, do you think that, that Frank Lampard could work out at Parkhead? Um, I think, I, I don't know if it would work out, but I do see him there purely because I don't see where else he goes. I don't think he goes back to the Championship. I don't see a Premier League taking him. Um, I don't see him going abroad to work in Europe. I don't see him wanting to deal with having to try and become a better manager while learning a new language, moving his family away. I don't <laughs> see that happening. I don't see him going to America. I don't know where else he's going to go. I think he has to either go to a massive Scottish club, a Celtic or Rangers, or he might get lucky eventually for a Premier League club, but that could take years for him to actually get a job in it. I don't think he'd done anything remarkable at Chelsea. He did get him a top four finish with a pretty youthful team uh, with a transfer embargo, but I, I don't know. I don't think he done anything that really set the world alight. So, as much as I agree with Struan, it might not be a perfect fit. I still see it as somewhere where he could maybe go, really dig his teeth in, get a project going, win a few trophies, and see what happens. But I, I don't think it's who Celtic will go for. But if it happens, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Do you see it, Graham? Well, he'd certainly fit in with the hierarchy politically at Celtic Park <laughs> and the musicians and supporters of the club. So, ideologically, it would work, but I'm not sure. Would, I just don't see that happening for Celtic. Yeah, I mean, I've been uh, fighting this case a bit, but it's really just playing devil's advocate because I, like I said uh, the other day, I think that uh, Celtic Football Club would eat Frank Lampard alive. I don't think he'd <laughs> realise the mess that that club's in. I don't think he'd realise the pressure his, of it all. I just, I think Stephen Gerrard is coming with a lot of respect for his his uh, serious like serious two serious points one joke thing would Celtic fans would fucking hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny McIntyre would be calling out for it in a couple of games. <laughs> what were we gonna say, Stream? He doesn't really he wouldn't have the hero status as well, would he, that he sort of got in England. You know, even at Derby, it's Frank Lampard is one of the greatest midfielders that there's ever been. Mm. I don't think he'd sort of have that reputation if he were to come up here. I don't think people would I mean obviously there would be a lot of respect for who he was as a player, but I don't think it would be the same sort of not held in the same esteem. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see it. I think it would be box office, but oh, I'd love to see it for the storyline. But I think yeah. if Celtic were to do it, I personally think it would be the wrong appointment. Yeah, it was. Um, I think it was Simon Jordan on Talk Sport who said he'd be quite good at Crystal Palace. But even I don't know if that would be too big a job for him at the moment. Yeah, you can see him really wanting to stay in London, though. He seems like yeah. that's kind of. Yeah. I think he wants to prove he's a Premier League manager. You I think that sort of. 
So I should know it would be a good team for them. Brentford. Championship. They've got a bit of money. Sold other key players. If you could build them up, that's in London. They're a team that are pushing for Premier League, so... I'm not, not sure Brentford. I'm not sure Brentford look at Brentford. Brentford are very analytical, and I can't yeah. mention that analytics are very positive towards Frank <laughs> Lampard's skills as a manager. Considering the, who the signings that Lampard want, Declan Rice because he's English, <laughs> Ben Chilwell because he's English, James Tarkovsky because he's English. English. English, he can punt the ball. Like, right, I think and Brentford, Brentford are certainly kind of goal and left wing back. They can also play up front. <laughs> exactly. Can you loan Mason Mount down though to the Championship temporarily? That's the question. That's it. Yeah. Brentford Brexit again. That's it. Tactically a shoot side, aren't they? So, yeah, it's maybe one of those ones like, I don't know, if a Watford or a QPR or something became free, he might maybe. end up there, but I don't know. Yeah, it is really interesting to see where Frank Lampard goes because neither of his jobs have been massive successes, but neither have been massive failures, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, Cameron, is your big shit what we spoke about last night? It is. It's something that you would probably talk about more than me. Yes. Well, I'm going to go with mine first. Um, and maybe this isn't uh, too big a shout but I'm putting my cards on the table right now Livingston are going to finish third in the Scottish Premiership um, because they're very good <laughs> I know they're the most informed team in the league but they're in fifth just now and they're still some points off so I'm not being brushed with the Cameron one still actually I just checked where they were in the league to say <laughs> yeah exactly they're third already are they eight points off yeah, a game in hand over Hibs, is that right? With a game in hand over Hibs, but they don't have a game in hand over Aberdeen, right. um, who they play twice in the next week on Saturday, and then again um, either Tuesday or Wednesday next week. So those are massive games. But I, I just, throughout the course of the season, I can just see Livingston making up that sort of that deficit. I mean, they, they aren't going to go unbeaten forever. I mean, <laughs> as much as it seems that way at the moment, they are eventually going to come undone but I just think that Aberdeen are such a sort of vacuum of any sort of enjoyment at the moment and they have been for a long time really I mean they had that brief spell this season where they decided we might play a bit of football and then Sam Cosgrove got fit again and now they just have no creativity. I saw some Aberdeen fans saying uh, they lost their creative spark when uh, Hoban went off last night. I mean that's, he's a centre half, that's worrying um, and Livingston are just so much fun just now. I mean, I was at the game last night against Kelly, and and they, it wasn't their best performance, but they still completely controlled the game. Um, they still looked dangerous, and they eventually they got the win through um, Jace Kabir, who's a relatively unknown, um, has come over from Shelburne, and has now made his mark on this team. And he did a great post-match interview after, just seemed like such a nice, sort of positive young man. And then you've got David Martindale, who's uh, just like the bright spark of Scottish football at the moment. He's just an absolute legend. And here comes the plug. There's more about his brilliant post-match press conference um, and the article I wrote for Energy Sport on the game. So do check that out if you fancy it. Um, but I just think that Hibs and Aberdeen are really faltering at the moment. And I don't see them putting on this sort of run that Livingston are on. And I think that even in these big games that are coming up, when they take on those sides, I still bank on Livy to come away with a win. So... They're going to have a stud in the Scottish Premiership. Nice. I agree. Love that. Straight do you not have to face in Hibs to, to turn the form around? I think that Hibs will get better, but I just don't think that they're sort of, they'll put on a, a decent run like they did at the start of the season. I mean, even when they did at the start of the season, I said on this show that I thought people were really overrating them. I just, they didn't create too much, yes the defence looked pretty solid, now that's gone 
Um, but there's some really good players at Hibs. Um, on paper, it's a better squad than Livingston's. But I don't know if it's as deep as Livingston's. I mean, Graham spoke before about the depth of Livy's squad. I mean, they made four changes again on um, last night after the League Cup semi-final, and they still looked just as strong. They're just a, a really great, great team, Graham. They are. I actually would fire about them too. Unfortunately, I don't think they are. I think that. I don't think they'll finish third. I think the gap's too, maybe too, maybe it's been, has been too big. It's not too big now, but it's too big. And the fact that they're on a nine-game unbeaten streak, I think if we're going to overtake Aberdeen and Hibs, you're looking at something like maybe like a 17-18 game unbeaten run. And I guess, to me, that just seems almost impossible for a team of Livy standard. At some point, they are going to have a bad spell, I feel like. I, I, I just can't see them continuing for the rest of the season on the pace they are right now. I think at some point they will falter a little bit. And unfortunately, because of the poor start they made, that could come back to haunt them. And the fact that Hibs and Aberdeen have both played Rangers three times and they've still got to play Rangers. It's, there's a few things going against them that I kind of... Unfortunately, I'd like to see them finish third, but I'm not sure they will. Rangers are going to be un- invincible until they play Livingston. There we go, that's another big shit. Uh, Cameron, I understand that yours relates to the same game, but the other. Yeah. More just the other team in general. I think if Kelly lose at home to St Johnston this week, and Sean, I know you hate me saying Sackins, right? I know you hate talking about Sackins, but I'm going to say Alex Dyer should walk. I don't think he should be sacked because I just I don't think they'll sack him because I don't honestly think Kelly have the money to lay off their manager. So I think he should walk. Uh, they're nine, five points of bottom, two wins in their last ten. That was against an awful Motherwell team that was really struggling. I think they got a red card that game as well, and them against Ackies, who again I think they're one of the teams below them. And uh, I just think yesterday's collapse to Livy just sums Kelly up, really. I think they went out there. I think you put in your article, actually, they went out there kind of... Their their way of approaching games is just sad. It's really sad for a team that does have a bit of quality in them to just go out and kind of almost play for a draw, it seems, sometimes. You'll see he's a lost Brophy, who's, fair enough, he's quite frustrating, but he's quite an exciting striker as well. Kimbamba mm. seems to have lost it. All your key players, Findlay, Burke, uh, who was exceptional at the start of the season, uh, Power all kind of lost their spark, not heard any headlines about them. I just think, obviously you can maybe elaborate more, but I think the biggest disgrace, Kilty out of position. I know that's something you've said a few times, it annoys me as well. Um, yeah, I think if they lose this weekend, he should he should go uh, on his own accord, basically. Yeah, um, I agree with a lot of that. Kelly don't have the money to sack him. Um, and I don't know if they have the money to get in a decent replacement either. So True. I think it's kind of a case of Kelly seem to be beating the teams who on paper are worse than them. They beat Hamilton, they beat Motherwell, um, they beat Ross County this season. Uh, they just drew with St Mirren after Danny Rogers shut the ball into the back of his own net. Um, but then any time a team's better than them or has more confidence than them, then you just know they're going to lose. It's, it's, yeah. There's no sort of... It's just sort of like paint-by-numbers football. Yeah. Uh, which is disappointing. Greg Hilty and Yusuf Malumbu were both injured last night, which come on its two best creative forces. Um, but even at that, there was just no sort of <laughs> uh, willingness to attack at all, really. And yeah. it's just quite sad. Um, and I agree with Alex Dyer. I think he's a nice guy, but he's n- just not performed at Kelly. I mean, uh, I sent it to group chat last night. He's had 41 games in charge of Kelly. He's only won 12 of them. He's drawn five and he's lost 24. Um, three of those were wins against Queen's Park, Clyde and Dumbarton so only nine wins against Premiership opposition um, which isn't good enough and 
I think that when you look back at Angelo Alessio getting sacked when they were in fifth place, he did one manager of the, the month for October, he was sacked in um, early December, uh, just because a few players didn't like him or couldn't take to him, uh, it seems a bit of a a strange one to me really, so... Uh, you're right, I think it would take Alex Dyer a walk in. He was seemed in his post match press conference last night he seemed angrier than usual. He's usually quite a calm guy and um, but you can sort of really see that this one was a sick enough for him. I don't know if that's if it's possibly on his mind. Um but it's a big game against St Johnson on Saturday that I don't even look forward to watching. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna move on from that one. We're gonna let the other ones come in on that. Because I've got an exciting second ball. It's usually where we take a deeper dive into the big stories of the week, but I'd like to change things up this week. So there were so many headlines this midweek that I couldn't decide on just a couple to take a sort of deep look at. So instead, of nine games and stories I'm keen to touch on in quick-fire fashion. So each of you will pick a number, go around three times, and I'll ask you an open-ended question, in case you haven't seen that game, I'll ask you about like, the ramifications of it or whatever. If you've seen the game, feel free to chime in. Uh, with some of your thoughts Strain, I know you've seen a lot of games this week so just feel free to shout at me but if it's taking too long I'll cut you off if I feel it's necessary which is something I enjoy doing Cameron knows that so Strain, you can go first pick a number between 1 and 9 7 this is a fun game <laughs> the two news managers in the Premiership met in the Highlands as Graham Alexander picked up his first win as Motherwell manager over John Hughes's Ross County uh, do you think that we're now finally seeing the signs that this Motherwell squad are going to kick on and climb up the table yeah I think so I think Motherwell have definitely gotten back into form now I think Stephen Robinson will be screaming at his telly seeing the amount of effort that the players are putting in now but <laughs> I, th- I think there is just too much quality in that squad all round for them to be considered a relegation candidate if I'm honest especially after how good they've been prior yeah I've always been wary of saying that considering Hearts went down last year when they were obviously a very good squad um, but I do think that's the case for, for Motherwell. Did anyone see Bevis Mugabe's leap for oh, the winning goal? It's fantastic. I don't think I've ever seen a player jump that high. I think they said on Sports News 2.5 metres off the ground. It uh, almost touched the top of the stand. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty impressive uh, from the centre half. Uh, Graham, I wouldn't put you last because I know you hate being last in things, so uh, you can pick a number now. One. Number one. St Mirren bounced back from their League Cup semi-final defeat in spectacular fashion, thrashing Dundee United 5-1 at Tannadice. But will Buddy's fans be scratching their heads as to why this attack and drive wasn't present on Sunday when it mattered most? Yes, I think it should be, because on Sunday they were awful. The worst of the four teams in the semi-finals, even though Hibs lost 3-0. They played a strange tactic where it seemed like they, all they wanted to do was kick long balls to Ian Brophy. And what we all thought was that it should have a beak up front and they should be, if they're going to do that, and it should have a beak up front anyway because he's just been there and knows the system better than Brophy and he's more accustomed to it. And I think yesterday showed that they are capable of scoring goals when they play that way and they play the pro- like the way they should have played on Sunday. And I think Sydney fans will be annoyed at that. They have every, have every right to be. Cameron, do you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought. To be honest, St Mirren, they were good and deserved the win, but I don't think United should be too hard done by the result. You shouldn't feel too bad about it, because I don't know if you've seen the two penalty decisions for the games. I don't want to talk about them too much, but it was a very, very light shove miles away from the ball for the first one from Reynolds. And then the Shanklin handball, I need to watch it again, but I don't even know if it hits his arm. It might just hit his stomach. I honestly don't know. It's but right his in his arms, body, isn't it? 
Yes, right at his body. I, I don't think either of our penalties. Uh, McGrath got two goals from my fantasy, though, so I'm not complaining. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think United fans shouldn't really be worrying. There shouldn't really be talks about Mellon getting sort of sacked or being under risk or whatever, just based on that result alone, because it's not as bad as it seems. I think Dundee Knight are actually rank rotten. Like, I think they're really bad. I, no, 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 I'm it's not saying... I'm saying me that you can talk the about them. Because they're not good. Yeah, but just based on that game alone, they shouldn't be getting hounded. They've had much worse performances this season. The last two goals were just them getting caught on the counter because they were pushing for an equaliser or a second goal to get to the third. But, yep. yeah, they weren't as bad as the scoreline suggests. That's all I'm saying. Very fair. Cameron, on you go. Pick a number. Uh, I'll go two. Alfredo Morelos stole the headlines <sighs> as he scored the winner in Rangers 1-0-1. <laughs> at Easter Road but should the Columbian have been on the park following his early clash with Ryan Porteous no he should have been sent off it was a red card that is my only opinion on the matter he had so much time to move his leg away the ball was not where his foot was it's a stamp it's a red card it's that simple that's what I think Graham I would love to hear your thoughts I know you have thoughts that are not that so go ahead no, did ch- Graham change his mind? Graham. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Graham changed his mind three times and thinks it was a red card. I'm the exact same. Because I think there's an angle that from the BBC that shows it from like the Hibs goalkeeper's side that shows that from one of the angles it looks like he stamps down as if he's trying to trap the ball and then you see this other angle and he's off to the right of the ball and he's clearly stamped. I think Dan McGregor said it best and that a player knows where to put his foot, which is funny because Dan McGregor also stamped on Glenn Kamara. <laughs> <laughs> He basically, he basically indicted himself in an interview, which is fantastic. <laughs> oh, good stuff then. Strange, did yeah, you feel hard done by by this one, considering Morelos would go on to score the winning goal? A lovely winning goal, to be fair. You, you just knew when he wasn't sent off. I even said to my dad at the time watching the game, I said he's going to score the winner, isn't he? Or he's going to score a goal, and, and he did. But he should have been sent off. It's, it's, it's a red card, isn't it? It's... Do you know, I was, all, like, I was almost tempted to say that for the big shot there's a lot of players I think in the SPL who would struggle with VAR in the league but I was just because I thought it would be a bit controversial but it's a, it's a red card it's a red card yeah, yeah I'm now back in the red I wasn't and then I was and I wasn't and then I was but um, we're talking about he's got that reputation as well doesn't he so even if he doesn't mean it he means it so it's like, no matter what he means everybody's <laughs> going to say the opposite yeah to be fair he got away with one at Tanadice as well Um or did he get retrospectively banned for that one? I think he, he did. did. Yeah, but yeah, uh, during the game, uh, he got got away with that one. We'll talk a wee bit more about this game, considering we've got Graham and Stroon here, and it's another one in the title race. Uh, Stroon, there was praise on the sports scene from Shelley Kerr for Hibbs' defensive setup in this one. Did you feel the same, despite the, the result? I was actually quite excited at the start of it to see Darren Rodriguez was back in the lineup and to find out that Haaland wasn't actually injured in the first place. It was just exciting just to be Darren Rodriguez. Yes, that is how it's gotten this season. <laughs> that's, that's what this team is doing. But um, yeah, I thought it was good. Again, you've got to spend about five minutes once you see the lineup to decide whether it's going to be a back three or a four. Because obviously, Cadden is pretty versatile as is Paul McGinn. But yeah, I think one thing that has been good about Hibs this season is the defence has been solid at times. You know, at the start of the season, Hanlon and Porches were very good. And then they just sort of faded away. It's, it's just it's either good or bad the defence. It's, it's not really an average game, to be honest. And to only lose one 0 to that Rangers team is not exactly a doing as it as it probably could have been given. It was a three 0 defeat to St Johnson at the weekend. 
Ian, Graham, that's another ground ticked off for a, a Rangers victory this season. Um, just they just keep marching on, really, don't they? They do, I. They do. It's amazing. <laughs> this, this is what this. This was kind of the point where actually I said in December, once to get past Hibs away, if we're, we've got any call or a bigger lead, we're going to win the league, and so we're going to win the league now. <laughs> You're saying it, is this the first yeah, time? Yeah, I, I, I said it last night too, but I said it's done. They've they got a fair, they need seven wins in a row, which I think is every home game in the way to Hamilton would do it. So that's doable. <laughs> <laughs> doable. Do you think they're going to go invincible? No. Still got to go. I think. Hopefully, I'm. I'm actually don't really care about going invincible at all. I think when once it's over, the Rangers should start. Uh, playing some youngsters I want to see Nathan Patterson get some time I would quite like to see Leon King get some time and I would rather focus on preparing for next season over trying to be invincible because while it's a nice achievement it doesn't get you anything else I don't know it's tremendous part of stopping the 10 <laughs> losing all season I think I'd quite like to see it um, whose turn is it now Cameron pick a number maybe again no, it's not. Cameron just went. Oh, did he? Sorry. I think it might be me. I just went. Are we didn't state draft format. <laughs> Sorry, it's destroyed then. Uh, five. After three successive draws, Celtic returned to winning ways with a 2 0 yes. victory over Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> just, just happy I got the Celtic question. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Neil Lennon didn't let this victory get in the way of par as he, at his expense, throwing Vasilius Barkas under the bus, claiming that the goalkeeper has failed to settle. Do you think Neil Lennon's justified in openly criticising his five million pound summer signing? I know you love a Neil Lennon signing string. Oh, is, that has to be one of his best ones. To be perfectly <laughs> honest, when you when you think about it, um, going from Fraser Foster to him, um, no, I I I'm not a big fan of managers throwing players under the bus after games. You know, I think I think that you can like, you know, you can call them out in front of the teammates and everything behind the scenes. I think it's just it's just unnecessary headlines and attention that I don't think players need. There is the argument that it can help some players, but I just personally can do it behind the scenes. But but Barkas has got to be up. You know, there's, it's just funny that there's been so many poor signings for Celtic that it's almost a debate now. You know, has Duffy been the worst? Has Ajeti been the worst? Has Barkas been the worst? And I forgot all about one window. And <laughs> exactly, exactly. And this was this was supposed to be the, one of the biggest seasons in Celtic's history, and that was the transfer window. Like, it's unbelievable. And then I think I think Bain was what the third goalkeeper that Celtic have used in January. Which is, which, is pretty, sense, yeah. which is pretty crazy given I don't actually know how many games exactly they've played but yeah no I, I do think Barkas deserves the criticism because I've not seen a performance from him and thought oh yeah you know that's 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 worth five million that's that's great because he probably is one of the highest earners as well going but mm. yeah, yeah he so deserves criticism but I don't like it publicly. I saw a thing that Lennon said five games ago that Barkas was the number one and he's only played two of the games since and now he's said he's not good enough <laughs> I think it kind of spoke volumes at the time in the Scottish Cup final that Connor Hazard, who I think had only made two starts prior, was chosen in that. You know, that probably was the biggest game of the season for Celtic so far, and he's gone with the 22-year-old unproven keeper. Yeah, now he says Hazard isn't good enough either. It's, think, it's uh, ridiculous. Yeah, Amy. And Bain's not exactly great either, in all honesty. Yeah, I saw Amy Canavan uh, tweet out that I think it's 33 different start levels in 36 games this season, which is uh, never a good sign really for a team. Who want to challenge for every competition they're in, and it's all just some laugh. We see it every week, but oh, Celtic. Uh, Graham, pick a number. Uh, I'm going to run out. I don't actually know what number's been picked. Three. Has three been picked? Three has not been picked. 
Thomas Tuchel's first game oh, in charge of Chelsea ended in a 0-0 draw at home to Wolves on Wednesday night. Um, I didn't see any of this game, so Graham, tell me about it. Is there a uh, reason to believe that there's much more to come from the German at Stamford Bridge? It's too early to say, but my God, it was miserable yesterday. Really? Yeah, they were so, so bad. I watched. I didn't watch the whole game, but eventually I started to over to Hibs Rangers for the build-up mm. on the start of that game. But I saw about the first 65 minutes, and all Chelsea did was pass it around the back of the holding midfielders. There was no penetration, there was no risky key passes attempted. It felt like it didn't feel like Chelsea. Felt, it felt like Chelsea were content to keep the ball and do absolutely nothing and win it. It was so boring. And you play Wolves are a team that play. Wolves are happy to sit back and soak it up and try and counter. But they weren't even getting the counter because Chelsea, because Chelsea were just keeping it in safe areas where Wolves had, it was no, not worth the risk to go try and receive the ball. It was awful to watch, but it's only the first game, so I'm not going to make any big statements about where it's going to lead Chelsea in the future. No big shouts in the second ball? No big shouts in the second ball, indeed. Fair enough. Cameron? Uh, two. That's been picked. Oh, is it, sorry. Um, I think it was me to fucking pick that. Four. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Four. There we go. Uh, it's not often anyone says this, but it was an absolute cracker at Turf Moor as Burnley scored oh, twice in the final 15 minutes to overturn a 2-1 deficit at the expense of Aston Villa. Mm. They've seized Fortress Anfield, they've defe- defeated the villains, but do we still underrate Sean Dyche's side? Ah, it's, it's the shithouse are in it that's all it is that's all it is it's, it's, I watched I watched the highlights for this honestly Villa Watkins scored the opener they had good chances and like straight after I think Barkley hit the bar as well that would have killed the game probably and they've scored what was it it was a header from a corner from Ben Mee uh, Dwight McNeil's cross somehow just somehow goes into the back post beats about six men and then Chris Wood gets a lucky header <laughs> that goes in off the post it's three goals that shouldn't happen we've all seen the XG for the game it's proper football manager stuff and uh, yeah, Burnley just keep pulling out the bag. I love Sean Dyche for it. I, I hate people that slate them. Like I hate people that say like Burnley shouldn't be in the league because well, they wouldn't be if they tried to play football like everyone else. They just wouldn't. They, they would have been relegated for a second time the second time they came up straight away. Like Sean Dyche would have been relegated back to the Championship. Never would have heard of them again. But by playing that style of football, they win games. And that's what matters. That's all the fans care about. That's it. Good on them. Brilliant. It's uh, true. Number eight. <laughs> Revenge was sweet at Starks Park as Hearts beat Wraith 4 0 on Tuesday night following Rovers 3 2 victory at Tynecastle at the weekend. Simple question for this one How do you say the 8 foot striker, striker's name? Oh no, I don't even know it I know properly. It. I think um, Can I pass this one to Cameron? I was saying, maybe you can attempt it, but we may get cancelled or something if you do it really badly, so maybe not. <laughs> Cameron, yeah, pa- pa- pass. <laughs> I've heard to the Hearts Twitter, right? They've got his Nan Dwila. Nan Dwila. Nan like, Nan's in your gran, then right. Dwee, then Le. There you go. Thanks, thanks for that, Cameron. Um, maybe we'll come to you on this one. Uh, how big a win was that, considering uh, the upset at Tynecastle the weekend? Wait, so are you coming to me for this one? Just because you're the Hearts fan, I don't know okay. if you're... All right, I'll just nick Struans. Um, yeah, <laughs> great win. Good to see Boyce uh, scoring again, because I've been kind of giving him a bit of stick, but it's actually a really nice goal that he scored. Uh, also, the sub came on. I'm not going to say his name again, so I just can't be bothered. Uh, great brace late on for him. Also, barring like Lafferty and so, not a lot of goal scorers, so this guy seems like he's the real deal. Could really be a proper Premiership signing for us. And uh, the only bad thing was Ginelli getting injured. I've not heard any news on that. Sadly, Jamie's not here. So maybe he would know, but... Um, yeah, if Janelli's injured, then again we're in a sticky situation because 
our wingers are not the best. Very fair. Graham, number? Has uh, seven been picked? It has. Has eight been picked? It has. Has <laughs> six been picked? No. Derbies can often flatter to deceive, but that was certainly not the case in the Coppa Italia on Tuesday evening as the quarter-final clash between the Milan side served up a thriller at San Siro. Graham, where does the Milan derby rank in the great European rivalries? Oh, that's a question. That's that's, that's a quick-fire round, and you've not asked a quick-fire question. It's on the rise. I'll give a number. It's on the rise again after... Both teams have been quite dormant, but both teams are... On the rise themselves, when since they're both then the rivalry rivalries coming back to prominence, and yeah, Ranger Celtic. No, yeah. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> top five. Top five. Let's go top five. Uh, Struno, since Cameron stole yours so forcefully, uh, I'll come to you on this one because I know you saw this game. It was an absolute belter, wasn't it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. To be perfectly honest, I was I was very close to saying him a big shout about how poor the English Premier League was, but I think. I think Graham's already covered that last season, but yeah. uh, last last extra time, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, I thought it was just really entertaining, and it's quite funny how many players you know you recognise from various teams, and you know in the Premier League that dropped out, and then obviously the whole the whole Lukaku Ibrahimovic situation I thought was fantastic because apparently they were quite good pals at Man United, the two strikers for the six months that they were together, but then it just got a bit heated between the two of them on the pitch, and then. It just it just box office. Lukaku's run up to the penalty I thought was absolutely fantastic. I don't think I've ever seen somebody run so aggressively and smash it in and, and then the Ericsson free kick at the end. It sort of, sort of had a bit of everything, didn't it? The Derby had some controversy, had a good goal, just some good tackles and then a red card and Yep. Slash yep. the red card, Lukaku Belter, scraps, ninety seventh minute fantastic penalty. Yeah. I know that um, Donnarumma gets a lot of praise for AC Milan as being this really talented young goalkeeper, but I thought Tats, Tatsuramana, I probably butchered yeah, that, but really I thought good. he was insane, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with Chicago tomorrow also looked pretty good as well, to any Chelsea fan. And Cameron, you're left with number nine, so number nine. I think that's what you should pick. Number nine. <laughs> Bottom of the league versus title contenders, it's surely a banker for last man standing. Apparently fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just skip this one? Sheffield's victory over Manchester. Uh, Sheffield United, please. I was doing Sheffield's victory over Manchester in the United Derby. Oh, right? damn it. Sorry, that's <laughs> a sorry. But the, ma- but the match happened on a Wednesday. I think people calling them Sheffield is no, honestly no. the most annoying thing in the world. I thought they were the most annoying thing in football. It was partly what I wanted to do, but I, I agree with you. I did want to beat there, but I'm glad you cut off my. My line there. We tried to this back I'm up. not having it. <laughs> <laughs> Just edit it out and start again. <laughs> Sheffield's victory over Manchester in the Battle of the United sent shockwaves around both ends of the Premier League table, especially considered the winning goal was scored by a player with a first touch like a trampoline. Um, Cameron, how does it affect, <laughs> how does that affect the, the Scotland squad? Do you think Ollie Burke, I or no after this performance? Or this I actually goal? don't care about the Scotland squad. I'm still angry with the last man standing, to oh, be honest. Are we all out? Yeah, no, in, no, in, no, in, I, I, I oh, didn't back Man United. We've a 20 person last man standing, and there's five people left. After the first 15 people. Everyone picked Man U, I think four people picked Man City, and Jack picked West Ham. Fair point, Jack. Oh. Big shout out to Jack. Which is annoying, it's annoying because I think, that's, I, think that's, I still believe that's silly, but he sees through. And now he's, he, like, Man United probably won't lose again next week, so he's gone Man United, it's so annoying. Oh, yeah, it's shit. Uh, I thought 
Another thing I have to say is that De Gea was largely at fault for both goals. I don't know what he was playing at. The first one he gets out jumped, and the second one he's past. Why? And that's one thing. Can I, can I just say? Go for sorry, it. Go on. I was just gonna no, say, no, see, go, see the way De Gea passes that out. Like I know none of us have played football at professional level, but see the levels we've we've been at. See if your goalkeeper, with everybody in the box, tries to play it into space oh and not just punt it into Rosette. And that's that's a thirty. That's the highest paid keeper in world football. What? what? It's, it's probably been so drummed into him. Like you've got to pass it. You've got to, no, fucking punt it. Punt it as like, far as you can. Like. You can see Maguire in it, like he kind of gets the ball to the hit and you just know Maguire's thinking just hoof it away and he's trying to play it away and you're just... You're, oh. <laughs> and then obviously, De Gea is absolutely woeful coming for the ball from corners. Man United have conceded about seven or eight corners this season and he just stays on his line and that, I hate that. I really hate it when a keeper stays on the line when the corner comes in. Mm. Especially especially when you can come and claim it. And I know Billy Sharp maybe gives him the slightest of nudges but it's just, it's just pathetic. Sorry. Yeah. Totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> Well, did we enjoy quick fire second ball? That was good. That needs oh, to yeah. happen every week. That's it's, good. Uh, that. It depends what's going on. There might not you be... need to tell me what number I've already picked, though. Because... Yeah, yeah. So you'll pick two every round. I will forget. <laughs> um, well, excitedly, Cameron can finally be asked to do his job as co-host of the show. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to see it out where we put our f- football knowledge against each other. Cameron, what are we doing? Oh, I love it, because I think you'll hate this one. Um, oh, wow. Since the Premier League's inception in 1992, there's been 24 goalkeepers to keep over 70 Michael, what, wait, okay. Oh, what the Name fuck? There was... What, the, the English Premier League? English Premier League. There was 24 goalkeepers who did what? have kept over 70 clean sheets. I know it's a random oh, one. Oh, uh, <laughs> These are ones that are just going to, like, catch you out. Like, they're not going to be... Yeah, uh-huh. that's the whole It's like Michael Owen all over again when I said that he surely scored whatever it was. And that's what makes you out. Who cares about goalkeepers? We're just, yeah. we're just that's no point. Goalkeepers, goalkeepers don't yeah. get enough respect. They don't get enough respect yeah, after he yeah, just slandered David De Gea. Right? <laughs> they don't get enough respect. He deserves all the slander, honestly. <laughs> Unless Sir Al McGregor are boring. <laughs> oh, almost on Scottish as well and he, he was number one. But uh, anyway. Of course he's number um, one. <laughs> Five of them currently play in the Premier League, okay, that's a hint. But just try and think about the ones that maybe haven't been here that long. Don't fall into that trap, okay? okay. Um but yeah, but yeah. That's it. Twenty four, okay. We'll go Graham, Sean, Struan, alphabetical. So I'm Can I start? Yes, you're starting. You're starting. Per Per Kitch. Absolutely. Top on the list. Two hundred and seven. That was Fuck me. me. <laughs> <laughs> uh I don't want to play this. Like, I, <laughs> I knew you'd hate it. I knew you would hate it. I hate the fact that I have to think about the goalkeeper. So I know. Um, yeah, must uh, Edwin van der Sar? Yes, Edwin van der Sar. Hundred and thirty-six. David de Gea. <coughs> de Gea. David de Gea. Hundred twenty. Peter Schmeichel. Peter Schmeichel. Hundred and twenty-nine. Um. Okay. <laughs> I love this. It, yeah, David Seaman. David Seaman, of course, one hundred and forty-four. I think he was maybe fourth on the list. Mark Schwarzer. Schwarzer. Ooh, Schwarzer. Great shout. Third on the list. One hundred and fifty-three. Yeah. What a guy. David James. <gasps> yep. David James is there somewhere second 172 the mm. fact that he's second such a calamity goalkeeper is quite a shock yeah I was going to say played David for a while James. I suppose um, you see there's five for in the league just now 
Yes. I didn't include perch check in that. Surely, yeah. Surely, Hugo Lloris. Hugo Lloris, yes, ninety-nine, close to his hundred. Oh, Joe Hart. Joe Hart, yes. Oh, I was going to say Lloris, and then I suddenly thought. Brad Friedel. Oh, absolutely, bald American can't go wrong. One hundred and thirty-two. Speaking of bald Americans, <laughs> no, Tim Howard, <laughs> hundred and thirty-three, of course, Tim Howard. These are doing really well, and I don't have a tie break. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of these goalkeepers is the bald? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, we've named what three of them in the current Premier League? Um, yes. Two. So two <laughs> left. Two left. How much do you Hart, Larissa, and Day are? Okay, yeah. two more. Ah, uh, Casper Schmeichel. Oh, yes, seventy-two. Great yes, shout. he was. Bottom I just, goal. I just thought of the old Don't ones and who's been there for a while. So back to me. Uh, yes, Graham. Sorry, that's you. Happy Arena. Yes, that's actually I just oh. got on one hundred thirty-six. Oh, now you're getting into tougher. <laughs> now they're getting tougher. Yeah. I don't have a tie break. I'm kind of shitting myself. 70 um, clean sheets. 70 clean sheets, yeah. I was mm. going to do 75 plus, but there was two more I could chuck in and I thought I'm chucking them in. Right. Oh, I reckon I could be in a bit of bother now. Oh, I can't get this name out of my head and it's probably going to be wrong, but I feel like he's played a lot of Premier League games. So I'm going to say... Ben Foster? Yes. Championship goalkeeper now. 90 clean sheets. Brilliant. On YouTube channel. That's excellent. Staying relevant. Staying so there's still there. one more playing in the Premier League that we've not named yet. Yes. Yep. Hmm. This is hard. This is very hard. Mm-hmm. Um... Is um, it strewn? Yeah, is that right? Yeah, it's strewn to go. Ted, you can feel the tension in the room. I know, even though we're different. Right and they are, they're, they're getting tougher now. You need to think don't, st- still, still don't get about goalkeepers, but a lot of tension. <laughs> I care about winning this quiz. Minually? Yes! Oh, wow! Yeah. What? I'm, I'm just trying to... Played for Sunderland before Liverpool. Yeah, I, know Sunderland. Sunderland <laughs> I know he did. Sunderland weren't shit. I know he did. I was just basing it off Liverpool. I didn't even know he played for Sunderland. He did play for Sunderland. What the fuck? Yeah. <sighs> she given. Oh, of yep. course. Oh, <laughs> of course. That is annoying. I've had one in my head since the start that I was just so nervous to say, but I think it's right. But that's not my turn. I've got one as well, though. Yeah, that's nice. That you I hope have, you start getting them wrong. You've got ones. Um, <laughs> we'll have to take a break while I make one. <laughs> make a tie break. Yeah, he's surely not got 70... Um, oh dear, I'm just having to talk now while I try and fill some time. Because <laughs> um, I'm really not sure. Uh, nope. No, I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to get that last Premier League one. That's what I'm thinking as well. But I don't think I have it, to be honest. Like I'm trying to go through the Premier League. It's an unusual one. Premier League teams in my head. And I don't think they're going to be on there. Um, so I'm going to say... Am I, 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. Appreciate <laughs> you for your time in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just like ten seconds. Oh, oh, another name just came into my head. Go for it. Um. Oh, but would have been there long enough? Okay. Uh, Thibaut Courtois. No. Ah! No. <laughs> I think you had about fifty sixty odd. Oh, come on, Strun. Come on, Strun. <laughs> How, so many, well. how many are No pressure, Strun. No pressure, Strun. What are you going to say, Strun? Do you know what this is? Graham wins if you get wrong, come on, Strun, son. Does he? Yeah, he went first. You feel your heart beating, Strun? Come on. Feel the burn, Strun. Feel the burn. You're gonna say uh, Stern. Come on. Boy, check Chesney. No! Oh, Woo! man! That's a good guess! Oh, no! Did I say the one I was gonna say? But. Um, Lucas Fabianski? Yes! Oh, oh, not Chesney! Oh, 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 Yes, Paul oh, Robinson was there, 88. And the other ones that were quite tough. Uh, Ian Walker, Mark Bosnich, Tim Flowers. Um, but the big one, I can't believe he's never got this. An absolute, two legends actually, he never got. Nigel Martin and Yuzi Laskalainen. Two absolute prem goalkeeping gods. I'm not going to look up how many war check shares they had right now. I'm annoyed. Very upset by the goalkeeper slander on here. Very upset by that. Joe's scared to be human. Um, I, I was going to... But I'm still annoyed that I never said Fabianski, but it would have just been a case of me, be, being down to me and Graham. He would have said Paul Robinson, and then I would yeah. have been in the exact same You'd problem again. I wouldn't have said any of those answers. So I think I did the best of to my abilities, and I'm proud of myself. I found out Wojciech Szczesny only has 48 clean sheets in the Premier League, so he was well. If you're gonna go and take a ride with me, see, I kind of went with my Minule logic, just if he was there for a while. Yeah. No, well, guess. Oh, I think we're going to be pretty good for time. I love it when we're below an hour. Uh, there's plenty more to come this weekend, but what games are our panel oh, most shit. excited about? I'll try and talk a little bit longer because Graham just said, oh shit, because he's not thought of a game of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got two games in my head. <laughs> you might want to see it out, but you're not prepped for this fucking podcast. <laughs> um, so I've got two games in my head, um, but I'd like to hear what you lot are thinking first. Maybe not, Graham. <laughs> Cameron, have you got a game of the week? I actually I had three, and I've, I've went boring. I'm going down closer at home. I had two, only because I don't know even know where to watch them, but two games that really caught my eye was AZ Ajax and Sport in Benfica. I thought that's two class games in Holland and Portugal. But honestly, I've no idea how to watch other than an illegal stream. Which they, they might be on the, the live score app. They sometimes broadcast really? the Dutch and I will maybe try and yeah. catch them. I also got confused there. Like, I was thinking those were two like two teams for, like, for a bit. Like, Easy Ajax. Easy Ajax versus Sporting Benfica. <laughs> I was like, what is going on Futsal there? Futsal tournament. Okay. <laughs> I was so confused there. I was like, and oh, no, what's awful is that that's two good shouts. And I've went my heart's done fairball purely because I'm actually going to watch that one if I can. So, yeah, sorry. I've been to the AZ Stadium. Oh, didn't it like, collapse last year? I it swear collapsed the when broke. I was there. Oh, really? That's a lot. In, in it? Oh. No, it was. Just, <laughs> I, I think it, no, something had happened to it before. When I was in like 2012, um, right. and I didn't go to a game. I just it was it was the summer. It was shit. Mm. Um, they had a big shop though. Um, yeah. 
and I there's like something had happened then and then it fell again like last year and yeah, I was like oh yeah. we need to get better builders in Alkmaar yes absolutely in Sport and Benfica there's just been a big Covid crisis in Portuguese football so I hope they're all feeling better mm-hmm. uh, it's, but, it's your actual shout Hearts Dunfermline Hearts Dunfermline yeah I've went boring that is boring Stuart what about yourself Hey, I'm going for the, 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 the Twitter timeline, as it's now been called the Twitter timeline derby between Man United and Arsenal. <laughs> I think. Do you know, I, I'm actually disgusted that this this is such a big game and it's being called timeline yeah. derby because obviously you've got the big fan channels like AFTV and the, the Mark Goldberg one, which I can't remember the name of it, just the United stands, that's it. Stuff like that. So, And it is a really big game. And I'll, I'll say right now, I expect... Arsenal to do Man United. Do you? Uh, a, a doing. A three or a four nil doing. The pessimistic United fans thinks United will lose. Do you know what? Right? More than 12. Me, me, me saying United would beat Sheffield United in the, in the Ramble predictions is one of the first times in a while I fully back United win and they go and lose. I'm, I'm fully convinced I'm a jinx. Um, I've had Timo Werner in my fantasy the entire season yeah. and I pretty much blame myself for his form. How many points did he get as your captain yesterday? Um, not as many as other players would have. Right. He got zero. The same amount of Premier League goals as... Oh, that's a really bad one, so I can't think of who hasn't scored a goal in the league yet this season. Um, Morelos. Morelos hasn't scored a Premier League goal, to be fair. No, he's not had. <laughs> that's a good shout. <laughs> Graham, have you managed to scramble together and find the game of the week? Well, second take on third in the German Bundesliga is Bayer Leverkusen take on Red Bull Leipzig. Two teams that like to attack. The big games in Germany have been excellent recently. We had a 4-2 with Gladbach and Dortmund. We had an excellent 2-1 between Leverkusen and Dortmund. We had a 3-2 where Gladbach beat Bayern 3-2. And this game will be the same because both teams like to attack. There should be goals. It's a big game if one of these teams wants to keep up and have any chance of getting near Bayern. Bayern Leverkusen Leipzig is the game of the week. Graham with more German propaganda than Joseph Goebbels there. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that that was one of the two games on my list, so I'll agree with you. Um, I think it's going to be exciting. Do you think Jeremy Frimpong uh, makes an appearance, guys? Absolutely Frimpong not. Frimpong and Timothy Fosu Mensa, the, the best fullbacks in the, in the Bundesliga. Fosu Mensa only cost 1.5 million and Frimpong was 11. Jake Leverkusen, I found out yet that Jeremy Frimpong can't defend or cross. <laughs> they will soon enough. But I think I think they've come in as the replacement for the two Bender brothers who are apparently retiring at the end of the season. Mm. That's weird replacement. Sven and Lars. Maybe Fossumenta makes sense, but Frimpong's a weird one. There is potential with Jeremy Frimpong. I'm not his biggest. I as noted in this podcast before. I'm not his biggest fan, <laughs> <laughs> but he's a young player. Yeah, Time to grow. He can learn to cross. You can't. You can't teach the sort of dynamism that he has, but you can learn crossing and defending and tackling and positional awareness. Can and... you learn to cross? I think so. Can you? I don't know. Should we try? I, I had this argument with my pal post the for him, who said that he doesn't think you can actually learn to be. If you're a bad crosser, you can't become a good crosser. I think Luke Shaw would some, probably say otherwise. I think Luke Shaw was good at Southampton, like seventeen. Yeah, I was kind of on the fence he, about it, but he was adamant that that you, that you can't. Just was Chris Burke a good crosser at Rangers Square? I don't fucking remember. Neither, but he's good at Kelly. <laughs> <That's>, well, <laughs> maybe we should write. Uh, we should do a deep delve into this uh, energy sport investigation. Can you become a good crosser if you're shit? We'll use Jamie Frimpong as a case study. That's exciting. So our energy extra time game of the week is who's at home? RB Leipzig versus. Nope. 
Bayer Leverkusen. I don't think so. I think Leverkusen are at home. Am I wrong? I think you're wrong. Am I wrong? Let's find out. I don't know, but I think you're wrong. At home is. Damn it, it's Harvey Leipzig. Ah, See you later. 1-0 and see you out then. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I rejected him game of the week. It's Harvey Leipzig versus Bayer Leverkusen on Saturday at half five. Correct. Same time as Arsenal Man U. I'll be watching the Bundesliga. So will I. I will as well once Arsenal has scored the first two in the opening ten minutes. Yeah, that sounds like a good shout. Um, well, thank you for listening to this episode of Energy Extra Time. Please do subscribe um, so the podcast appears in your feed automatically. And don't forget to follow us at Energy Extra Time. There will be lots of stuff going up on the website. As usual, that's energysport.net. Jack Donnelly's heading, to, heading home to Somerset Park at the weekend. Um, as they take on Alawa and I'll be back at Almondvale for Livy versus Aberdeen so there'll be some live match coverage for you this weekend too um, thank you to my panellists for joining me my co-host Cameron Wonstall as well as Struan Garvey and Graham Sinclair who's part of the furniture as we said earlier on thanks see you next for, week thanks, <laughs> exactly thanks <laughs> you for listening and Graham will definitely be here next week what about us I don't know see you then <laughs>